For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Welcome to On My Block Podcast. There you go. Mind Green, I'm your host, along with my good friend, his name Mike Wall. So this is a Green Bay Packers podcast, host by both of us. We talk about everything Packer-related, but also we talk about what just happened this yesterday with Super Bowl Sunday. Rams and Bengals went at it and was, uh, I say, overall, just looking at the game itself from a fan. It was a big game, great game, competitive all the way through. Halftime show was completely awesome to me. I'll say that to me. That, that though, I mean, having Dre and Mary J and K- Kendrick Lamar haven't seen them in a while, then they surprised us with 50 Cent, of course. Um, I say that was probably, <laughs> probably the highlight again. 50's doing some push ups, man. I know. Are you kidding me? <laughs> He's a big dude. He's always been a big dude, though. He's always yeah, been but a big dude. Like, but not like that. True, true. <laughs> he did pick up, some, pick up a little pounds. I know people are going to talk about him, but hey, he knows that. He knows how the game is. All right. So, Mike, man, how you doing? Well, I, that was a hell of a game. That this is the best. This is the best playoff series that we've had. Yes, and, I agree. Uh, you know what I mean. This is the best. This is the play- playoff season that we've had. And uh, you know, football season might be over now. But uh, you know what? Some people are just going to go and look to basketball season right now. Right. Basketball's in full swing, right? College yep. and pro. Yep. Halfway through so, the season, All Star break already happened. Yep. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, where the next fired coach might come from, or actually might land. Bet online is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. B-L-E-A-V. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, anything you want, all the way down to Olympic coverage. It's the best bet in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. AG, I can tell you right now, yeah. if I would have bet this game, and I did, but if I would have bet, there's a bunch of bets I would have lost on this game. Well, like what? Right? Was, but, was one? Well, but, uh, well, okay. Oh, yeah. I thought both I thought both lines were not good going in. And okay. I was, right, I was right on that. I knew you were, yeah. You were dead but, on that. But you talked about deal. that all year long. I, I took, at the very last minute, I took the Rams because I was like, I just don't want to live in a world where offensive line doesn't matter. 
Right. Okay, because the Bengals are so bad. Right. Right. But then at halftime, because you can bet, you know, a lot of these places have on you know mid game betting. At okay. halftime, okay. Yeah. I didn't after I saw the Snoop Dogg performance. I didn't want the Rams by four and a half. I would have took the Rams by a million. I would have took the Rams by a million because that performance was so good, man. Right. That was <laughs> That's how I was. That dude, I was. I had it down. hair was standing up on my arms. I was gripping the seat. I was like, man, this is like I literally felt like I was eighteen again or something. Right. I was. It was so good. It was yeah. so good. It was. The lit. game was good, but the halftime show—that was the best halftime show we've had, right? What's I yes. mean, what's been better than that? Prince, maybe. Maybe Prince back in uh, 07 or 08 or 06 with uh, Bears and Indianapolis Colts. Maybe Prince. That's the that only was a level. great one. But dude, this dude, the the stage. I mean, yeah. everything was so good. They played the right songs. Like I don't know if they could have played the wrong songs, but they played the right songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I was I looking it. for I was looking for an over under on commercial ads of car commercials. I I think I lost because I didn't see none after the halftime. At third quarter, I, I was up to six. I, I took the over. If I did actually make a bet, it was like my my practicing betting, like taking the over bets. my prop bets of taking yep. 10, 10 plus. So I took ten over. I was at before second quarter started. I was at five. So I was like, okay, I'm looking good. I didn't I'm see none straight. The, <laughs> I didn't see none in the second half. But I think I fit. I think my I, my count was over at six. I don't know where. I gotta watch the rest of the highlights or commercial ads. See what happened there on the prop betting. Yep. When we talk about this actual game, though, I, I have to say, I thought there would have been higher scoring. A little bit. Yeah. I can see it, that. I can see it was that. competitive. Like, it was a competitive game. Super competitive. Super competitive. I just thought – I just honestly thought that the offenses would have put up some more points. I thought it would have been just a little bit of a higher clip. Um, and certainly you understand, like, when OBJ goes down – Yeah, that I think that was part of the reason. Just, yeah, they deflated a lot. That, that, that game could have been out of hand because – I saw – he's. He, he's that kind of player that can, is going to have that kind of impact on, on a game, I guess, especially when they already got Higby out. Because we'll yep. get into it later. Like Tyler, Tyler Higby was noticeably absent from that game, on the at least in the trenches. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of questions to be asked. I think when, when you get done with a game like that, there's a lot of what ifs. You know, certainly there's what ifs from a play calling oh. standpoint, there's what ifs exactly. from a referee calling standpoint. And we can get into all of it. But, you know, just overall, it's congratulations to both those teams, man, because that really was. I don't think anybody would have at the beginning of the season bet the the, the Rams, you know, the Rams over the Bengals in, in the Super Bowl this year. And, and you know, you look at it from a Green Bay perspective yeah. and you go, man, the Green Bay Packers are better than both those teams. It's like, yeah, but you're not you're not there. Yeah, you know? it, it, it's that's why you, you, play you gotta win the games. Yep. yep, you gotta you gotta win the games, you gotta play those games. And to your point of uh going uh, OBJ going down, it was a little bit of it was win out of their selves. You kind of saw that whole offense come out the next drive kind of like, all right, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, who's going to get yeah. open? You could see it. I mean, without them saying it, their actions, the way they played, they I believe might have been a three and out or in a punt right after that. And it took them a few series to kind of recalibrate things because they, they knew, they saw, well, you know, he was part of that first uh, touchdown drive. Great, great route, great running after the ball and catch, uh, catching the ball, running down the sidelines on a big throw and run before the touchdown. Then he caught the first touchdown of the game. And I wonder what, you know, I wonder who made out on that bet. You know what I'm saying? So when that happened, I just like, whoa, I was like, this is, it's interesting. Let's just see how these Rams bounce back from this uh, injury right here. And and that's what, honestly, that's what guys like you and me really love about this sport because that happens. Everyone's reeling. And, Matthew Stafford, they brought Matthew Stafford in to win a Super Bowl. They've already been to a Super Bowl with Goff. They yep. brought him in to win the Super Bowl. And that dude just kept 
firing. And I, I never, you know, everyone's going to, everyone's got their opinion. He's a polarizing guy, right? Because yep. he throws so many picks and everything, but you can't help but like him. I think just generally the way, the way he talks about his team and the way he talks about competing, you can't mm -hmm. generally help but like the guy. And he just keeps, he keeps, he's got that arm, dude. He's, he's got that confidence that a, that a strong arm gives you. And he just keeps firing that rock. He yep. found his guy in that last drive and it was the difference in the game. You know, you can, you can look to the other side and be like, how do you come out of the second half, finally take advantage of their three, four, you know, their big three, four, the, the different defensive on, front, right. On, on a, on a huge play action play and go for a touchdown, which was albeit, you know, definitely a, a foul on Jim yeah. Ramsey got, he got job there big time. There's another bad yeah. call by the refs for sure. But, and then you get, you get the, the dig route. The guy doesn't get both hands on the ball. Whether mm -hmm. he fell, whether he got held, he, he got one arm on the ball. Literally the next play, turnover, and you're sitting there at the ten yard line, third down, and you're going in, and you're going, okay, this game's they're going to put a they're going to put a ball in this right now with the Bengals, right? And and then and then who showed up? <laughs> the best, AD, the, be the best player in football, reminded everybody like, oh, this right guard cannot handle he, this you know and i was i was looking at the Bengals line they were doing a decent job first half first quarter second quarter of of favoring to his side to keeping them keeping them slow out of the game frustrating him you know doing their best job they could do in the due diligence but obviously as we both know it's a four quarter game and when when that time come they gonna be like when i say they the Bengals defense and Bengals coaches gonna be like oh you know oh my god here he here he goes because they got to get ready for that. I mean, a guy like that, a guy like Aaron Donald, he's been willing certain things. Sometimes he's just like, you know what, I'm gonna do this, and who's gonna stop me? And that's basically those two plays that happened, and one, and one that you're referring to right there. I saw though, both them plays. I was like, game over. I was like, it's over. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I said to everybody in the room. We we're over. It was over a juice house, and I was like, yeah, this game is. It's he pretty much put his bow tie on it, which was something that I I was. I would thought I was going to see and definitely saw it because he wanted it so bad because of what happened. You know, part of the reason what happened when they was against the Patriots three years ago with golf at there at the helm. So yeah, definitely agreement there. 100%. You think about a guy, you think about a guy who just ended their last two playoff games with, we can call it a sack. We can call it a pressure, whatever. Right. He ended the last two playoff games with his arms wrapped around the opposing team's quarterback and the quarterback flinging the ball away, hoping for the best. Right. Exactly. Best, best player in football. I mean, if anybody's doubting it now, like you, you cannot doubt he he is a guy, and we'll get into it in trench warfare. But he is a guy that is absolutely dominating the game right now. And I hope they, they're talking about him retiring. Uh, man, I hope he doesn't retire because he's got oh, a couple, yes. of, he he's got got a couple years of just pure domination left. Man, it's not like he's not one of those dudes. that's like I don't know, maybe he goes into acting. So I don't know. He could. I mean, he could. He could. He could go turn to be like a WWE superstar. Yeah, he turns into like John Cena or The Rock. Somebody gets into acting. He's like, yeah. he's got that kind of like. He looks like a caricature. He's so like overdeveloped. You know what I mean? He's got the voice and everything. Yeah, he's so a he big can do whatever dude. he wants. But dude, I hope he keeps playing because I love watching that guy. You know? Me too. I mean, you think you, about players who retired early in their prime was like Jim Brown back in the '60s. He did it. He's like, I'm done. I got my 12 G's in Russian. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. I, I always think of obviously of Barry and, and Calvin Johnson because they were right. in our division and they were so yep. good, but it was because it was because they were with a bad organization, right? Yeah. And 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 then again, like what like what is this whole thing say about the Detroit Lions? When Matthew Stafford exactly. has a losing record, he's got all those comebacks. 
in Detroit, and he's still got a losing record. He's 0-3 in the playoffs. Only, and I should say only 0-3 because he only had three playoff games. Correct. Right, in 12 years. And he plays one season on another team, and the dude just goes and wins the Super Bowl. It's, it's like it, – it's it is so damning as a friend. Like I was watching the game yesterday. Like, dude, does this set back the Lions like another three years? Like, yes. Does this have some sort of like, da- like some you know some some shrapnel damage on the on the Lions organization? Yes, Just understanding how bad they must be to have wasted that talent, Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, go down the line. But yeah, good Hall lord, of man, that's terrible. Hall of Fame talent, and as an organization, they need to ask themselves, what are we doing wrong? Right. What are we doing here? We got we got one percenters of the guys in the United States and I say some in the world that play football and we get a percentage of those one percenters. What are we doing wrong when they walk into Detroit, when they walk into our facility? They're they're all Americans from Georgia, from Mississippi, from Alabama, from UCLA, from wherever. And then we get they get here and then we can't figure them in a team can't play this well. It only plays to a certain level in the division can't even get out of division to get to the playoffs. So it's just that's a question the organizers at the top of the Detroit Lions uh, organization has to ask themselves. So, you know, moving on the momentum that I say that was with the Rams for most of the game. But so how do you lose the momentum as the Bengals in the second half going into that second half? How do you, how do you lose that momentum, Mike? I, you know, it, it's crazy because like we, we were just talking about it and then you you realize you know, the Rams come down to put together a field goal drive. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, here's what really happened in this game. And it happened actually into the second quarter. Okay. The the Rams are playing on defense. And, you know, everyone's talking about, okay, Aaron Donald, overload, Von Miller, blah, 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 blah. We'll get right. into that a little bit more. But basically, here's what here's what happened. What's 50's, what, what's number 50's name? The linebacker for the Rams? Oh, uh, we uh not rest. Yes, I want to say reader. No, reader's 51. 50. I'll look him up. Let me get it real quick. I think I okay. got it right here. Is, reader's it jo- is it Jones? I think it might be Jones. Uh, the reader's 51. Okay, it's Jones. So yep. here's here's what happened. They found out that 225 pound Joe Mixon, who is a unit, like that, yes. that kid is a playmaker. He had a he great is. game, and I'm not, I don't want to take anything away from what he did toting the rock. Because he turned he turned nothing into something a lot. Yes, okay? he did. But they found out that he could not handle Jones in pass pro. Okay, so oh. the, sec- the end of the second the end of the second quarter. Because here's what happens, right? You get into a situation where you've got a guy who's so dominant that you have to completely game plan for him, and it literally was turning into they they had to make a couple of decisions. The Bengals. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the Bengals offensive line. Yep, Bengals Six, offensive line. Yeah, the center was going to go to, AD. to Aaron Donald, no matter where yeah. he was, right? Right, he, right. Unless it was a three step or a, or a quick hitch pass. Okay, that means that the running back is now responsible. And so finally, in the and I don't yep. know what took so long because they were lining up in their three four defense with five bigs for a while to stop the run game. They brought ninety four in, they played like that three four look or a five two, however you want to however you want to call it. Right. They stopped the run game, but then. And the Bengals never took advantage by it until the second, uh, the first play of the second half. They took advantage by hitting that big play action pass off that off that look. Yeah. But when it was just a four down line and they were overloading, where they're not overloading, we'll get into that more. But basically, the running back is responsible now for picking up that linebacker. Yeah. And they found one, out one. In the second. They found in the second quarter they could he couldn't do it. Right. Mm. He got a, he got a pressure and flushed the pocket. 
Then the next time they figured, okay, we'll go scat. We're still going to read the center to the right. And 50 yep. came through the B gap on the left, flush the pocket. We got a problem again. Yep. Okay. Then they tried it one more time with Mixon. He ran, Mixon chopped him. Guys, he still got he, up. I saw that barely, play. Barely broke stride and, right. and got the sack. Okay. <laughs> All of a sudden, the game is now, now we have a real, if we're the offensive line for the Bengals, we have a real problem because yep. Mixon is in the game. We wanted him in the backfield. He's not He's not holding up in his end of the bargain right here. So, yeah. they, okay, do we go scat? Or what they ended up doing, they ended up overloading one side, checking the backside with, with backside guard. They checked, the, uh, they checked 50, and then they'd slide. With Von Miller and Aaron Donald, it is too late. Yeah. The pressure is already there. It's too yeah. late. You cannot slide late with that talent. And that, to me – that turned out to be the difference in the game. That so, sounds like game over to me right there because then you got those two guys that are experienced pass rushers that knows how to manipulate pressure. I mean, the guys that pick up the pressure. So manipulating the offensive line the way they did and the game, the way that from their effort that is going to be there, um, that's what brought them to that problem for the Bengals offensive line right there. Because then you know, there's too many holes in there that you cannot try to fix. <laughs> it's like trying to <laughs> fix a dam. And it's and it's and it's leaking. The one of those well, things. yeah, it's, yeah. Except for those holes are pretty damn big. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but Joe, listen, Joe Mixon played really well, and you think he did. about he played he played good overall. But he, he, still he, had that. he he had some good runs in that game, and you know, listen, when you got a guy like Aaron Donald who jumps backside gaps and does all this stuff, like there's going to be some holes in the running game, and comparatively, the Bengals could at least run the ball. Like the offense, yeah. nobody was the Bengals line so bad that nobody was really talking about the fact that Rams offensive line is really not that good either. They, and they got absolutely killed on the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, this is the best part about football, right? There's these little games of the game, like Tyler Higby's out, yep. right? He's kind of the do everything tied in for the team. So now these back. So the best, the best position on defense for the Bengals is, is, is Hubbard and, um, and, and Trey, at the defensive end position, right? They're the two best players. Maybe Wilson. Wilson really played well yesterday. You look at Wilson. So right. their tight ends cannot hold up against Hubbard. Their right tackle, Halverstein right. or whatever, the Wisconsin kid, he cannot right. hold up. I'm talking about the run game. They right. got beat and beat and beat and beat and penetrated and slipped inside. And, dude, Hubbard looked like an all-pro yesterday, right? And they just shut down the run game completely. I think they averaged like 1.9 yards per carry, right? And, again, it's just – it kind of makes it. That's what's such a good story. And there's there's all these things going on in the game, like these sub these sub little things. Because somebody thinks, okay, whoever's going to establish a run is going to is going to win this game. The Rams have a 1.9 yard per carry average. They're down in the fourth quarter. There's all these mm -hmm. things going. OBJ gets hurt, and yep. credit to Stafford and Cooper Cup, man. They start that. They got that fourth down play at the that last drive. Yeah, Cooper that Cup, that little Cooper reverse. Cup, they jet for sweep. Him. Mm -hmm. They jet sweep it, and then all of a sudden, like. Cooper Cup show, man. 15 play drive. Cooper Cup show. There's a lot of stuff that happened on that drive as well. You know, I mean, that Logan Wilson kid, that that linebacker, I think he had nine tackles, like mm -hmm. six solos, a couple tackles for losses. Dude, that guy played his head off in that game. And it sucks when it comes down to like a bad referee call on that holding call on the on the third, third and goal mm -hmm. at the end of the game. They call a terrible holding call and a poorly thrown ball by Savers thrown behind him. 
And oh, not to not to mention the offensive line, at least the two tackles, if not everybody but the center, jumped off sides. Everybody right. false started on that uh, on that line and they didn't call it. And you just I you're like, like I'm like, huh? How, how do I'm we like, keep like how are we still right. here? And they're in LA. We know that the NFL wants the big market team to win the game. Right. In that situation, when it's third and goal, and they miss an obvious play, right? Yeah, they miss the obvious one uh, on on the offside, <clears throat> and they call yep. one that they have literally not called the entire game. It just makes you feel sick to your stomach. Yeah, that, I agree. Because the the refs really haven't been involved this entire game, right? Like they did no. a pretty good job of just letting them play. Yep. And then in the last couple of minutes, it's like you're giving them first downs. You forget the 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 it, the call you you take. You have to live with the call, right? The fact that they didn't blow the whistle dead because it was a false start is that beyond, is yeah. unconscionable, right? Yes, definitely. Yep. I'm seeing the guy run up field. I'm like, hold up. I'm like, that's not a false start. Uh, okay, they're gonna let that ride. And it, and it brings to a lot to even to players that take advantage of false start plays like Aaron Rodgers or anybody in that situation paying attention, you know, to see that. We all saw that. I'm like looking at the guy run up field, the DN, and they still let the ball go. He kind of hesitated himself. Um, so, yeah, it's just interesting. And, and, and it makes that feel because you never as a player want the referees to decide the game. That's one thing we know as players is that we do our part. We if we make mistakes, it's on us, but don't lay, lay it in the referee's hands to make the decision like on the turnover or it's, you know, change possession or because the momentum then also becomes a part of that as well. So Cooper yeah. Cup, I, I don't know if he's the best receiver in the game. I'm not probably the guy to make that judgment. Um, Devontae Adams, you, you probably have something to say about that. But right yeah. now with the way the Cooper Cup just made play after Take play, every, every, everybody knows that he's, Everybody knows that he's getting the ball that entire drive. Yep. And he just kept showing up. And then the fade route on the back shoulder throw, his footwork is nasty, dude. It was – oh, my God. It was a – to gain space, like he's already on the sideline, like five yards. He's within the red line. And everybody, if you don't know what the red line is, the red line is the line between the middle of the numbers to the sidelines. Yeah. And he's he's at the he's like in he's like a foot inside the red line. So just to give him space, he pushes off leverage inside to to force the DB to leverage because he's cooking on the outside. He's just making some space. Or I'm gonna make some space. I'm gonna step here twice, going hard left, and then I'm gonna stair step him, and just enough where he just turns where he turns the right point because back shoulder he has to turn inside to look for the ball and get his body in the right position. So. Yeah, like you said, that 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 footwork right there on that route. That's that's clinic. That's uh I know for me, I remember going into route running and, and getting some stuff from receivers in practice and learning how to stair step, learning how to get yep. my foot pointed the right direction. Those little details is what make Cooper Cooper Cup because he's not a big kid. You look at him, you're not gonna he's not gonna intimidate you by looking at him. But you gotta know that's a dog. He fights, he took a hit in the end zone, got the penalty, got the touchdown. He's a guy that if you don't plan for him, game plan for him to try to slow him down or stop him, then you got problems pretty much. And he showed up he, in the game. There's there's probably better athletes on the field than he is. He's got so, an incredibly strong lower body. I think he's bigger, you know, like because he's white. A lot of people are like, oh, it's like Wes Welker, or Danny Amendola. Like I think he's bigger than that. You nah, know what I mean? I, he got size. Like, I could tell. That's that's like the that's like the natural go-to man. That's just how we are. That's how we're conditioned <laughs> right now. It's true. Like. 
Hey, yeah. like, where, when's the last time you saw Ed McCaffrey running around wide receiver? You just don't see him anymore, right? True. So, but so people kind of think he's, but he's kind of a, he's a strong dude. But the reason I said all that is his footwork, his technique. He, he's the best at the basics. Yep. And that's why he's might be the best receiver in in the game of incredible athletes. He might be the best receiver in the game. He, I mean, he certainly was this year. And yeah. He, and it's just it's a testament. I this is what I love about football. Like you can have a guy like that be the best in the game. You can have a guy like Aaron Donald, who I think when everybody like if everybody if you lined him up against everybody else who's a who's like a, a good D tackle in the league, you'd be like, oh, I don't want the short guy. He's six <laughs> one, dude. He's six one, two eighty four. Right. Right. He's kind of I want the six seven I want the six seven three twenty five guy, or so I thought. Right. But he's he's figured out a way through because when because when he was like six years old his dad took him down to the basement was like you're going to be strong we're going to start lifting weights he woke up at 5 a.m or whatever yeah it was a great story every morning he used to wake up and look to his dad and so he's like oh nice. wow yeah, yeah I, I, i'm going to be the strongest dude i'm the most explosive i can use my leverage oh and by the way i'm the best with my feet and my hands too so yeah. there's just there's these guys that like unpeeled you know every layer of what it means to be great at their positions and then they get on the biggest stage and all they're doing is like, we're just reverting back to what we practice every single day. I'm exactly. reverting back to the weights with my dad in the basement. I'm reverting back to like Cooper Cup had a sideline drill that he did with his dad during football games when he was a kid, they tell, talk about. Yeah. It's like, dude, it all just shows up right here. And I think that's, that's so awesome. Yeah. That, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love that. I love to see that come out because that's that work where people wouldn't put work in. You know, when some people was like, man, I'm gonna go, I'm done for the day. You know, I got two hours in, but you know what? I'm done. You know, it's those people that we've done it to ourselves. I know you've done it. I've seen you on the football field after practice flipping the tire. You know, you got your one. I remember that one pipe. I think you had bloke and Barry Rubes make for you. Whereas a pipe you would pick up and like hand clinging and throw it out. And you were working on your punch and your explosiveness. That's the type of stuff you're talking about. And that's where I knew uh, between you and the rest of the guys that was up front in front of me blocking for me and Brett. These are the guys. These are some. These are some dogs. These are guys that put in that extra time, and that's what Cooper Cup. He's one I could tell the way he plays from the side. He reminds me just thinking about it driving home from watching the game. I'm like, I was trying to compare people to him. Now, you know, you said Wes Walker, you said the small guys that Danny, Danny Amendola, but another guy from the '80s that really was my first go-to as a as a football fan as a little kid in Los Angeles was Steve Largent. I remember watching oh, yeah. Steve Largent and knowing the obvious, like you said, white guy, not very tall, not very fast, but he gets open. He got open. He caught balls. He would beat the best DBs in the game. Mm -hmm. And he would go out there and know and unequivocally, unapologetically, and was humble and you know, obviously became a politician after football. But that's just show him, show us his character. And those are the type of players that I love to see do good. Those are the type of players that you know. They're going to come out and play every game and game out, and that's uh that's what you see with Cooper Cup, for sure. All right, let's head over to uh, Trench Warfare. We got that. We got some games going on inside and out with ETs that was happening, but also you what? Uh, what's more peace of mind? Uh, excuse me, I messed that up. What's more important than peace of mind, Mike? I hope you say a computer firewall. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's not that. It's definitely not that, and that's not what NordVPN is here for, to give you a peace of mind while you're online. 
And with all the threats that you face day to day on the Internet, it is more important to ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can find um, out there. So NordVPN is the world's best VPN service offering the fastest connectivity, most servers and next gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and mobile devices. So no matter where you're operating the system, you could be on the beach, Mike. You know, you could be chilling with the kids, watching the kids playing their sports, and then you could be on there getting protected. So with NordVPN unlimited bandwidth, you'll never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start under four dollars a month. So grab your exclusive VPN deal by going to VP NordVPN.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to the 70, get up to 75% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month free. They give you an extra month, Mike. All right. Yes. So it's at no, it's at risk. It is risk-free with Nord, v, Nord 30 day uh, VPN. So get your money back guarantee right there. So thank you there for the call to action there. Appreciate you VPN. So both teams here, as you said, now we're in trans warfare, Mike. So this is your neck of the woods. Follow the Listen, lead, bro. First of all, I want to say, I want to say this. I wish that our call to action was, Somebody ended up sending us a free delivery of scotch. That's what I said. If anybody <laughs> ever says, listen, get your VPN or, you know, go buy a new car and I'll send you a bottle of scotch once a month for a year, I'll probably buy that. Just, I don't know who's listening out there, but that's what I would do. Oh, man. Listen, I like as, that. It, as it comes to, when it comes to trench warfare, look, I think everybody, the big, it, this is crazy because the narrative in this game was really defensive line, offensive line, and it just kept building momentum, right? It gets on mm -hmm. the national networks. You and I have been talking about it for weeks, but. Yeah. He gets on national networks, and all of a sudden, everyone's going, "Oh yeah!" You know, turns out the Bengals aren't very good on offensive line, and you know, we got Aaron Donald, and we got Von Miller, and this and that. Right, Von Miller. Von Miller, he could have been the MVP last night too. Easy. I mean, he he beat the brakes off that Prince kid. They and then they started running some games. He came inside in that port. I almost feel bad because it's not like those Bengals guys are bad dudes, right? No, they're, they're just not. overmatched. They're just yeah. they're just overmatched. I think they're, you know. The thing that always I, I tell you this all the time, right? Like, it, here's how you tell if you're well coached. And and right. listen, I never call for anybody's job, and I don't really give anything about the Bengals at all. Right. But it would be interesting to see if that line coach keeps his job after the job that the Bengals offensive line did this year, because it right. wasn't very good. No. And if you and and if you look at what defines a good offensive line, so this is like week 22 or whatever 21 in the Super Bowl. And they can't even get a double team right. Like, no. what makes a good offensive line? Double teams passing off games. Exactly. They could do. They couldn't do either. Right. They gave up they seven sacks for the game. Same, a Super well, Bowl well, record. Super Bowl so, record. So, but I, but here's the thing. Here's no, what no I'm shock. saying about no that. No shock here's to us. Here's yeah. Here, well, no shock. But here's what I'm saying about that. My expectation is that if you decide to go scat protection empty, right, with mm -hmm. Isaiah, with some guy Isaiah Prince and and the right guard and. Quentin Spain, all those guys versus Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I don't. I don't think the other guys are good pass measures. I'll just be honest. I never thought, right. you know, Floyd or Gaines. I think they're good players. They're good pros, right. but I, those two are elite, and they should win their matchup. Like they're there. They're in the Hall of Fame. They're going to be in the Hall of Fame because they beat people in front of them. Yeah. Right. If you put one on one, I'm going to win. That's why I'm a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. And so when you put them against substandard people, which again. They're all pros. I mean, they're all professionals, but those guys are substandard in the context of what we're trying to win right now. Yeah, you see the you see the uh, the separation. You see yeah, the separation. man. So, but but 
<clears throat> so I expect them to lose one-on-one, -on -one, and they did. They lost a ton, okay? Mm -hmm. What I, you don't expect is that they can't double-team. What you don't expect is when they when they can't pass off a game. And here's what's, here's what's like, nuts to me, all right? Because, unfortunately, we had to listen to Collinsworth the entire game. <laughs> yeah, and he kept favorite. talking about uh, – he talked about, oh, you know, they got, they're in that overload again. Here's, hey, newsflash to everybody who's ever played football or not played football. The hardest thing in the world is if I'm lined up at right guard and there's yep. an Aaron Donald in the B gap and he can go wherever he wants. He can go in the A gap. He can go in the B gap. He can go through me, okay? Yeah. The easiest thing in the world, given the situation, the circumstances that they're already – I mean, I got to play against them one way or another, is if you line a guy outside of him, inside of him, a guy in the A gap. So if you overload me, you're doing me a huge favor. Why? Because yeah. there's only one gap he can go in now. Yep. There's only one gap he can go in. If he goes in the A gap, he's going to go in the A gap where, where his defensive tackle is. So now yep. there's two guys there. So it's a stop gap, right? If they run a yep. game, there's only certain places they can go. It's easier. Plus, now I can bring the backside guard and it's four on three again, right? That's yep. the name of the game. But, but like we talked about. What do you have to have in order for that to work? You have to either have a hot route off the, off of um, yep. off the linebacker, or you have to have a running back who can stop him. And unfortunately, things went downhill real fast when, when they didn't feel real confident that Mix could, could slow down fifty. Right. Like when that happened, it was a, it was a problem. But you, the expectation is for for Vaughn and for Aaron Donald. Look, if you single me up, dude, oh, we are going to eat. And Vaughn Miller, like. I think he had two sacks, but dude, he mm -hmm. was in the backfield in the second half, damn near every play. Now he was, he was excited. He probably it brought brought him back to memories of Super Bowl against Cam, um, yeah. <laughs> Cam Newton. I yeah. watched that game, you know, Super Bowl Fifty, and he and his defensive line teammates were all in that backfield having fun, gaming, you know, just beating a guy in front of him. And when you got to make it simple, when you make it simple like this as a defensive player, being in that position, an outside linebacker, I just got beat this one guy for hour and a half let's go and it's yeah. for this is for everything this is not just for the game one game to get to, no this is it now you tell me that this is it oh yeah it's on i'm about to and this, wear you out i'm sorry and you know how this stacks right like momentum yeah. stacks and we talked about how did the bengals lose momentum well okay yes. so so mixing gets mixing gets beat for the pressure so then the next time what do they do they go scat protection 50 mm -hmm. runs through the the left side b gap flushes flushes joe burrow outside the pocket now Aaron Donald's is getting double teamed by the right guard in the center, runs all the way down the line, shoves him out of bounds. Yeah, right? They right. have that whole thing. That's a sack. One. So yep. one, he got a sack. Because he didn't get past two, the line of scrimmage. Two, some fool went over there and like tried to mush his face or something like he was Kevin Hart, right? Like, like, get, up, <laughs> like get out of the club. Dude, like we could talk about tactical or we could, dude, right. I don't care who you are. That was a mistake. You should right. not have done that because it, the proof's in the pudding, right? We could talk about, oh, whatever, you got to stand up for yourself. That was stupid. But right. after that happened, like, the game changed, right? So the game yep. changed in one because, like, Aaron Donald, I think you woke up the bear a little bit. But they two, did. they realized, like, we have a real issue because we don't have anybody to account for that fifth player. So they could line up their 5-2, and they could just drop one, which they did a bunch. But now you still have one-on-one. -on -one. They could walk up 50, and they could keep the right guard at bay and then attack the left guard with Aaron mm -hmm. Donald. Like, they could – all of a sudden, you had a lot of options because – they figured out you could occupy this one player and still keep a four-man pass rush. And right. if you can do that, we, that's what we talked about all week. It was just a question of how to get there. 
and it was surprising that it took as long as it did because you just kind of figured like, you know, I guess you figured maybe the first two series are just going to try to get home immediately. Yep. But mm-hmm. once Burrow's like, dude, I'm getting rid of the ball in less than two and a half seconds. It's like, we better switch this up and get these guys one-on-one now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's something to find that mix. It's the, it's, that's the adjustments that we do as pros, you know, from the OC to DC to players communicating, you know, one-on-one, individually, one-on-one, and where they don't even have to talk to the coach. It's just having that that awareness, be like, okay, this is what we got to do now. And eventually it took, you know, them that long to figure it out. But it was just once they did, it was like, oh, it was like hitting that bingo button. Bing, bing, bing. We're getting yeah, in man. there, getting that pressure. And now – even Joe Burrow, as we talked about him going into this game and all the previous pre- playoff games and regular season game, that he had that Joe Cool about him. You know, he could still get hit. But now these tackles, these sacks, now are called, are basically going against the house because now that is time off the clock. Now you, you know, he got he got he got hobbled a little bit. He woke up. He, he yeah, got, I think and, that was a big deal. I think yeah. I think when he was he limped off, I think that was a big deal, man. Yeah. So that slowed him up a little bit right there. So that pressure was getting to him between when you got two all pros in there, Darren, uh, Donald and uh, uh, Vaughn, they're doing their job. And and, and, and Vaughn just knew because he had been in that situation before. You know what? Just consistently keep doing what I'm doing. Beat my one on one one on one. And then so, there's going to be the adjustment that's going to basically open the floodgates. And that adjustment happened when they found out Mixon couldn't pick up 50 being a problem, you know, in that you know, offensive backfield. Yeah, it, it's just so impressive. And Von Miller looks like, you know, it, it's just a regeneration of, of his career Yeah, coming over here. And it's just like a, got a new lease on life, man, because he just looked. And, I, and, again, these guys are professionals, right? So we can say how bad they are, but they're pros. They're in the game. They made it to the Super Bowl. Like, I wasn't there. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And, and Von Miller looked amazing. He beat, the, he beat Prince. He beat the right guard over and over and over again. But when you talk about a guy like Aaron Donald who – He's our generation's Lawrence Taylor, right? I mean, there's Correct. like, I and I, you know, more from the inside. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but who, yeah, who's better? I don't know. But like, Aaron Donald is the scariest idea that I've seen on defense because he's beating double teams. They're game planning against him to the point where like they're booking a, a, a linebacker. They're just booking him because they're like, we, we have to slide over here. Like, we're, we're, that, we're that frightened of him, right? Yeah. And he still comes up with the last two biggest plays in the last two big games. Beautiful. Was Aaron Donald beating the brakes off somebody, getting to the quarterback, arms wrapped around the quarterback to end the game, you know? And yeah. it's just – like, it's, it's – it is amazing. I, and, you know, we felt this – you and I have felt this at different levels and, and different situations of, of, like, just being able to physically dominate a human being. Right. And that's like, right. that might be the best feeling in the world if, as a competitor. Like, I'm physically dominating this human. <laughs> this dude does it every day. Yeah. It's every impressive. single game. There's no situation where he's not. And it's just, it's just crazy to me, man. He's just, it's super, super impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. I would, I would have fun playing and trying to, it would have been fun trying to run the ball against him. Let's just say that. <laughs> oh, how, how about how about when he pre- how about he presses the right guard and then yes. reaches around him and grabs him and grabs Burrow? No, no, not Burrow. Uh, oh, Mixon. Oh, Mixon? Grabs Mixon. Oh, stops Mixon on the third and short, the third and yes. one. Yes. Oh, the third like, and short. Are you, yes. Are you kidding me? Did you just do that? He and just then he got the sack. Down. And then he got yeah. the sa- and then he got the sack the next play to end the game or whatever we're gonna call that a pressure. But oh my right. god! Yeah, that play was impressive on all levels because he still had the guard on him and he grabbed Mixon with the other hand. And just fell backwards and hit and Mixon did not go forward. Mixon's 225. Yeah. I mean, he's a full grown man. It wasn't like he was running against like some damn scat back. Right. No, that's a grown man running the ball. And he took one arm and 
stopped his forward momentum. When I saw that happen, I'm like, game over. I say, oh, my God, he just stopped mixing for picking up a yard when he would have been picking up yards, you know, a yard. That's easy for mixing at this point in the season because all through the playoff games, he's been picking up yardage. And to see that moment happen, I'm like, yeah, this is that is what is it called? Uh, um, the feeling, you know, when you've been dominated. And you just like, I love what you've been saying all season long, Mike. Palms up. That was my palms up moment. I was like, yeah, it's game over. I said, man, he just grabbed the yeah. best running back on the field, one of the best running backs on the field, and said, you know what? You're not getting that right now. I'm like, man, Paul, I'm good. I'm done. That was that was more impressive than the sack, really, or the last play, because yes. all you had to do all you yes. do is beat Quentin Spain, which he's been beating him all day. But like that depressing grab is yeah. here's the crazy, here's the crazy thing. If you were if you just watched that game and you didn't know the score. You would be like, and I mean, until like the end when they really started piling on Burrow, mm -hmm. like those two series, like they got like five sacks in two series or something. But like the Rams, they weren't much better, man. No, like I don't know how many they averaged one point nine yards a carry, I think. But like, how many plays did either Wilson or a defensive tackle or Hubbard or take Trey Hendrickson making the backfield on a running play? They like, were it was out. from the from the first two series, dude. I think the first two series they had like three tackles for loss and a sack. And yeah. the sack was not Whitworth's fault. Like, you know how no. this is, man. Sometimes a running back's like, man, I'm trying to oh, get out of here. Yes, <laughs> yes. And he, he bounced him off. Whitworth was, was like, I'm 40 years old, and you're going to pick me? Oh, hey, oh, God. When I saw that play happen, I, all I could think of is you. I've done it to all of you guys by mistake, though. I've done it to you, Flanny, uh, Marco, KB, uh, and Tausch. And every time I've done that, I saw I, I, I could feel y'all looking at me. With burning, you're like burning me with like Superman laser eyes. Like AG, don't you effing hit me anymore when I'm trying to do my job. <laughs> I well, remember you know those it, moments. You know what it is, is like so that's all anybody's gonna remember for us. Like you, right. like oh AG, AG had 125 yards and two touchdowns. It's like oh Mike Wall gave up a sack. <laughs> yeah, but I was booked. Like yeah, that's the yeah, part you know that's what missed. I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you mean because I know the feeling. I know the feeling being looked at by one of y'all. Yeah. When that yeah. happens, because I already know it's like, dang, mama, you messed up. I cannot bump them guys. That was a bad way to start the game, though, right? Because they, exactly. they they got beat. They were getting beat at the line of scrimmage. Tight ends were getting beat. Halverstein, wherever the backside tackle was getting beat a lot. Interior, like, they just look like, and they always look like this. Ever since they got rid of Stafford, uh, or Saffold, what is it, Saffold, Roger Saffold, the guy we yeah, just Saffold. had to see their guard. Yeah. He was really, he's yeah. a really good player. Yeah, Ever since they got rid of home. them. Yeah, yeah ever, ever since they got rid of him, they just don't – it looks like when they come off the line, you want to see this surge. And, like, Whitworth you – know, dude, Whitworth's 40, so I, yeah. I, the amount of respect I have for him is off the charts. And Same. Walter Payton Man of the Year speech and all the things yep. that he's done. Like, what an incredible human being that guy is. Mm -hmm. But as it pertains to this game, it's just like – it just looks like everybody's, like, standing up and they're just kind of, like, waddling into position a little bit in run game. It's just, like, no body angles. Nobody's searching yeah. off the ball. You know, and it's just the Bengals were just – they look good, dude. And the one thing you got to give the Bengals is I would expect if you gave up 23 points in this game, you'd win the game. Yeah. From a defensive standpoint, if you're looking at the Rams, like the Rams offense, all their weapons, I know they had some injuries and everything. Yeah. If you think about all their offense, like I, I would have – my expectation was you would have won that game if you gave up 23, man. So Easy. I yeah, agree. Because I know the Rams have been averaging, you know, in the regular season, they're averaging 20-plus points a game along with the Packers, you know, to, to see that. It's just interesting. It, but that also shows you why you got to watch the game and why you got to play the games because you never know what's going to happen. You never know which team is going to be the better team to step up, have less errors, and have the mental 
to finish the game all the way in the fourth quarter, all the way to the fourth quarter. You know, that's the part. That's the that's the big part there. So instead of we have no nothing there for uh, get off my lawn, we just head right into get off my lawn. And so we mentioned this already talking about the referees go game as a game go until crunch time. And so now we get involved. huh? It's like, oh, now I start to throw the little the laundry. I just think that there has to be a better way of doing business now, because you, let's just take the let's just take what. And here's what happens. You know, the, the, the coaches are the coaches have to say and the players have to say, well, there's you know, there's this many games that, you know, or this many plays in a game. And you can't just look at one play. Here's the truth, though. Right. When you get it, you, everything that's happened before, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter, has gotten you to this point, right? Yep. You're, it's, a, it's a close ball game. It's third and goal. You're in the Rams home stadium. You're in Los Angeles. The, the money is flowing towards the superstars on the sideline. The Rams offensive line jumps off sides or false starts. They false start. Yeah. You make it, you, you make it a terrible call. On the linebacker versus on Cooper Cup on Logan Wilson versus Cooper Cup after a little Wilson's oh, had an incredible day. Yes, yes. Okay. That and you and, and now you don't have the capacity to review either A, that the, the whistle should have blown dead because it was a false start by the entire offensive line. Right. Or B overturn what was a call in the game. I don't know if they overturn it or not, right? Because they can over offset reason for not. They, off, they offset them. No, they, they also did. so so they did no. This that's the, oh. that's the next play. The next when play Cooper okay. Cup, when Cooper Cup scored the touchdown and got drilled, and the, but they got had drilled. a holding call. Yeah, on okay. Right. Yep. So they had the holding call on the right tackle. So that bounced up. But this was the third and goal before that. Yep. yep. After after uh, Stafford had just overthrown Van Jefferson in the back of the end zone. Yeah, I remember. And that. you're just going, dude. You can't like we can't miss that call in the Super Bowl. No. Nope. You can't miss that call as a referee it's too team. Important. Nope. There's two. There's too many people have worked their entire lives to get to this point for you to blow that call and not have any repercussions, not repercussions over the ref standpoint, because you can miss a call. But like, mm -hmm. dude, they jumped off sides. Like it's, it's just not okay. We have soccer has a system, right? Yep. If you score a goal, they can video review for like a little bit of time, like wherever there was a potential infraction before, like, you know, let's say they had a build up play that was started on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. And there was a foul there, and then there was a long kick and a, and a goal. You can go back and review the, the the play right before the long kick. And there was an infraction; they take the goal off the table, right? Oh, right. You're able to do this, and so it's like it's a really hard game to referee. There's 22 people on the field, so sometimes you're going to make a procedural error. Yeah. And I'm and there's judgment calls with like the the logo whistling call. I thought it was a bad call, but it's a, it's a you know, I thought it was a homer call, and we can get into the whole that the politics yeah. of like the Rams need to win this game for for the NFL. But the offsides is just unacceptable. Like you that cannot is. have a you cannot have a false start call right there by the entire offensive line and not call it or not have a way to review it. Man, you got to get off my lawn with that. Yeah, that was I saw everybody moving, and I'm seeing the deep tackle move when obviously when the play is called false start, everybody you know to protect the quarterback. I'm like, but they kept it rolling. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I'm like, did I just see this? I said, did I just see a false start not get called? And I and I kept repeating that. Everybody uh, where I was at, they were kind of oblivious. But I'm like, I just saw a false start not get called. Okay. And they didn't even bring it up. You know, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. So yeah, it just yeah, it, it it brings in the questions. You know, you know, wonder. I wonder who's pushing the narrative here at, at NBC or any of the commentators or even other networks because it just makes it, like you said, makes you sick to your stomach when you think that way. You know, because I've seen obviously you watch the movies where they 
the fixes in. It's like, come on, man. This takes the fun out of playing games. It takes the 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 motivation out of it. It takes the you know what? Why am I giving this effort for if something like this is going to happen? When people we're playing at my professional top level, referees, right. everybody, everybody on this field needs to be doing it. Production, obviously, coaches are doing it, and then that includes the referees. Everybody got to be at their highest level and question, even if they make a mistake, but say, you know what? I made a mistake. I'm gonna have to retract this and fix this now because if I don't, right, this this could be the outcome, and it shouldn't be the outcome for that reason. And the only way you, I think the only way you can rise above what is now the narrative talking about this play or whatever, you're talking yeah. about the fact that you can't go back and change this specific play with the, with the false starts is if you get some sort of VAR, right? So I, yeah. listen, if you make a call, like OB, OBJ got fouled on that touchdown. He got his face oh, yeah. mask pulled. There's no doubt, right? And we can go back and, and on that one, we look like, okay, I can kind of justify why they didn't call it because the referee was behind him. He can't see it, blah, blah, blah. I, so there's there's going to be plays in a game where you're going to have referee error, but if right. it's a if it's a play that a procedural play that has literally happened before the snap of the football, I just think this is like this is a very easy way for the NFL to get a little more credibility, given the fact that this has arguably been the worst um, season in terms of how we perceive referees. Correct. In, at least at least as long as I've been watching football. Yeah, it's been a rough season for the rest. <laughs> a lot of calls missed. So you talked about, you know, you talked about pushing narratives that, and like, listen, I think it's fair to say that you and I would have rather had Fox or CBS or, you know, ESPN, anybody but NBC doing this game, right? right. Just because I, the commentary, the, the whole the deal. It would, it would be nice after Aaron Donald goes back-to-back games with ending the game right. with his arms wrapped around the quarterback, for Chris Collinsworth not to have to feel obligated <laughs> to go back and start talking about Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford right. and hedging his bets because he knows that he knows that the Super Bowl guys want to give an offensive player the player of the game. Correct. Right. Like, it's just that kind of stuff to me, right? Because, listen, I know, it's, yeah. like, what do I care, right? But I'm like, dude, this guy is the best player in football. He just made the play of the game. Play right, right before of the game. Yeah, multi, yeah, sorry. And, yeah, the, the, you're right. The third one was actually more impressive than the sack. Yeah. Right? And he, had, and he had two sacks. And he had three pressures. And he had, you know, you just go, and, and, and. And the whole game plan was to stop him. And he's, you know, he's like a complete game record. Right. Yeah. And you go, just because – just because he doesn't have passing stats, like, are you kidding me? Like, let's just go ahead and say what's on our mind. And, and this kind of, and this is why we love in theory, like, and listen, like people who are listening to this show are probably the people that are going to, you know, have confirmation bias with you and I, because this is the yes. way that our, our audience would probably think. Exactly. But I don't like, I don't care. Me neither. It's PC to like have a receiver win it or a, or a quarterback it's, win it. It's the sexy pick, like they right. say. Like, I no, want I don't care. the best player to win it. I want exactly. the best player to win it. And Aaron Donald was the best player on the field yesterday, period. Cooper Cup was a great player on the field. Von Miller was a great player. Aaron Donald is the best player on the field. Are you kidding me with this? Right. And so I'm I'm right there with I'm right there with you. This is what I said when everybody where I was at was asking me who's gonna be the MVP. I said this. I said three things. I said Matt Stafford is gonna get I said between Matt Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald. And I said, but Matt is going to get it because it looks good for TV. 
Cooper's going to get it because it looks good for TV. But the guy who should actually get it because he dominated was Aaron Donald. And what happened? <laughs> they gave it to Cooper Cup because right. it looked, even though he put in some efforts, he took some hits, he played hard, he set, he did some clinical stuff. Dude, Cooper Cup's incredible. Like, right. we're not bad mouthing Cooper. Not bad mouthing Cooper. Yesterday. Exactly. This is not Come bad mouthing Aaron Cooper. Donald. Like, are we right. joking? We the, saw whole, guy, the whole narrative leading up to the week was nobody could block Aaron Donald. What are we going to do? Exactly. Right. And he basically took a scene out of Avengers where you saw a Hulk destroy Loki. <laughs> okay. That's, That's what that, one. that yeah. is what that scene yeah. was, re- right. was related to was when he grabbed Loki by the ankle and smashed him all over Tony Stark's Avengers tower. That was Aaron Donald holding Mixon back for a yard and getting Joe Burrow on the next play to win the game, basically in the game for yes. the Rams. I was like, come on, man. But you know how this is. We know how this is. We know how this works out. So and my my last get off my line is like not addressing your weaknesses. I know you were right. you were referring to the Bengals offensive line. Correct. I'm, we could, I could refer to the Bengals offensive line. I could refer to the Green Bay Packers special teams. It's true. I could, okay. I could, I could I could refer to. Um, you know, a, a kid not being able to play with both hands in basketball or and not being able to it. shoot with both feet in, in, in soccer. Right. I, I can. Here's the deal. You can get pretty if you're a good athlete and, and you've got a little bit of stuff to you, you can get pretty far in this world working your butt off and, and just being really good at one thing. Mm-hmm. And the Cincinnati Bengals made it to the Super Bowl the entire year. They know their offensive lines not doing well. Correct. The entire year, they know they're leading the league in pressures and sacks, and, and they're what a pass pass rush loss rate, whatever the you know PFF stuff. They're they're the yeah. worst. And I guarantee you, Ag, and you and I have been through these. Listen, what Ag? Let's just do here. Mm-hmm. When we have something on on a team that needs to be addressed at a global level, special teams, for example, mm-hmm. offensive line play. Mm-hmm. How many minutes do you think, on average, the teams you've been on decide to change their entire practice structure to make sure we get we take that problem? 100% every team. Huh? I say 100% every team makes that adjustment to fix the problem. Well, I, I, I would say this. <clears throat> the teams that I've been around, what they do is they'll say things like this is like this is obviously what happened with the Green Bay Packers. This is right. obviously what happened with the Cincinnati Bengals, right? And I might have mis- misunderstood that question. I might have yeah. to hear it again. So what I, here's here's what I'm saying. You're bad all year. Right. Okay. On what happens with these teams is because we have a routine. There's a tradition. There's a way we do business. Correct. So instead of saying, Hey, listen, we're gonna go from identifying the problem on the tape to going out and fixing the problem. And we're going to dedicate extra time. So we're going to take away scheme time or group time or team time. We're going to go back to individual and we're going to make the basics back to back to the basics. We're going to make sure we can double team and pass off games. Yep. We're going to make sure we're going to make sure we're good at this stuff at some point during the season. You have to, we're going to make sure we can, we're going to make sure we know who we got in punt block protection. We're going to make sure we know who to get on field goal, right? Mm-hmm. This stuff matters, 
and we don't take care of it. And it's the same thing in damn near every building, not named Patriot Way. Right. You and do not correct these problems. And when you get to the biggest stage in the world, you've got guys in the game going, oh, my God, their eyes are this big because they got to play against Aaron Donald and Von Miller, and they don't have a solution because they no. didn't really put the time in during the year. No. And to your point, I've, I remember having practices restarted over to address problems by Mike yes. Sherman, by Mike McCarthy. Hey, he'd be like, in their language, you know, what are you guys doing? Let's start this thing. We'd be, we'd be an hour and a half in. I remember one time we were an hour and a half in the practice, and Mike Sherman said, let's start it from the top. He said, this is crap. This is a crap practice right now. Yep. It's from special team. Let's go back to special team. Let's start there first. That's where the ball started going off the off the line. And it'd be like, as a player, you're like, okay. You know, if you didn't have it already in your head, because I know for us, I know I had sometimes I knew it was like, yeah, practice about to get restarted. I know it. I could feel it coming. And that's the feeling you don't want, but you got to do it as a coach. And you and not have to do it as players. You're like, you know what? Let's do this thing all over again. You know what? I mean, because I know individually we do it in small drills. I've done it in linebacker drill one-on-one. When a linebacker beat me, I'll be like, here, let's do this again. Come on, AJ, let's go again. You beat me? Come here. You're not going to beat me twice in a row. I'm going to figure out what I know what I did wrong. I misstepped. You got me. But let's go. Like instantly, let's get the one-on-one again. fix the problem, right? Let's Let's fix the problem. Let's own it. Let's own it by saying, like, it's my fault. It's not you didn't get lucky. I got beat. Yep. It's not about you. It's about me. Because when it's about me, I can fix it. When I make it about you or the circumstance or we'll just brush it under the rug, I can't fix anything. That, you know? that 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 dust under the rug just continues to grow and get bigger. Eventually, it, it, it unsposes. And then what we saw for the Bengals, unfortunately, and the Packers in their game was what happened. Seven sacks, Super Bowl record for Joe Burrow. It's like eventually, as an old lineman, I would take pride in, like, you know what, man? We got this young quarterback giving, him, giving us everything he got. And we're, we're letting him get killed. Come on, guys. We got to do better. I'm like, come on. I'll be. I'll look at everybody to my left and right. Hey, come on, guys. We got to do better here. But I, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying, right? My only point is this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because they don't have the time, like time constraints. Correct. Like, they're probably not re- restarting practice anymore. Right. Right. They but can't. I, I, yeah, it's different. Would, different rules now. Yep. But I would. I look at it. I just look at it a little bit differently, right? And here. And here's what I meant. So let's say AG. Let's say you dropped six balls in a game. Right. Or yeah. a practice. Oh, yeah. You would immediately be like, all right, you know what, man? I'm going to go over and I'm going to catch 100 balls in a jugs machine. And I'm just going to keep doing it until I don't drop another damn ball for the next four months. Exactly. It wouldn't be a one day solution. It would no. be a routine that I create in my life. Right. Because I'm not going to be that person again. Yep. It wouldn't be. It would not be. Oh, well, I had a bad step. I just got unlucky. Oh, I tripped. Oh, you know, oh, my, my you know, my contacts are out. Like whatever it is. Oh, yeah. There's no excuses. And my whole thing with, with this stuff is because like you see this in buildings, you see this with staffs because they're used to they don't want to change the way they do business. Mm-hmm. But when you have a glaring issue, and I, I have to say, I'm an offensive lineman, right? So I am sensitive mm-hmm. to this stuff. Like this was a glaring problem. And it was a glaring problem the entire year. And if you're not getting any better, to me, it means that you are not putting ownership on it and taking advantage of the opportunity to improve on it, whether that's in that room 
whether that's mm-hmm. as a staff, whether that's as a, or an offensive staff, whether that's as a team. Mm-hmm. We might just be saying we have to get better. We might be looking at it on film and and do, but are there are we transferring the work or the identifying of issues to correcting it on the field, correcting it in the weight room, correcting it wherever we got to correct it, right? Mm-hmm. And you there's a methodology to get better and I just don't see that. And I listen, honestly, like we obviously didn't see it with the Packers too. Like this yeah. is a thing. This is a cultural an organization cultural Mm -hmm. issue that you Mm -hmm. have to be able to solve if you want to win these games. Exactly. And it's going to cost you an end when you don't address it. When you don't put attention to it, you don't put it as a priority somewhere, it's going to pay, it's going to hit you. And it's going to hit you at a time where it's going to be, it'll put you in a position where everything is over. And so that's what, that's what happened for these teams. And this is not just, this is a bigger conversation as we're kind of referencing, but yeah, to other teams around the league and around professional sports, you know, this is where when you don't have a when you have a problem, you don't address it. This what this this is a result of, and is there no it's nobody else to point the finger to but yourself first. Got to go to yourself first. Oh man, good talk there, Mike. So I, I think that's going to wrap up this show here. A uh, little short week because um, it was just Super Bowl talk. You know, Packer talk. Maybe maybe some free agency. I don't know if we're going to get into that now in, in the coming shows. If we're still rolling, I don't know. We got to talk to the crew here. Uh, at Belize to see what our routine is going to be here in the offseason now because now is officially the offseason. We got what combine next up, um, and free agency, no free agency next, and then combine all at the same time. Going yeah. on. I know combine's here in like the next two weeks, and then free agency starts in mid March, so about a month from now. So, yeah, we got all that fun shenanigans stuff, all the gifts of people going different places coming in. But until that time, please download the podcast wherever you download your podcast at that's iHeart. That is Spotify, Pandora, uh, places like that. And give us the feedback, rate us and review us. We love that. That keeps us to get better. Um, and so then for our handles on Twitter, you could go on on my block. That's O-N underscore my underscore block on Twitter. And then also you can find me at Amon Green 30 on Twitter and Instagram, all one word. And Mike, let everyone know where they can find you at. Yeah, uh, checking out on Twitter, Mike Wall 68 or Process to Perform on Instagram. And uh, anybody out there listening wants to get their questions answered, man, just hit us up, DM us on uh, our social media stuff, and we'll, we'll put it on. Because as we go into this offseason, AG, you know, we like talking pro football. We could talk a little bit of college, but, like, I don't know about you or me, man. Like, I can I can, I can, can scout players and whatnot, but yeah. I, like, I, like, I like talking about who's here and how we're going to get these guys better. That's what kind of gets me fired up. Not about speculating about some dude in underwear running a 40. Right. That's, I, just, I, that's just me, though. That's just me. I'm the same. I'm the same. I'm like looking at the guys in the house. I want to recalibrate, you know, grade their, their season and then let them know this is what you need to work on. You know, work on this, this pass set. If it's a, my running back, all right, you know, catching the ball was a problem. Let's get on the hands drill a little bit more. The jugs machine. Let's focus. Let's concentrate on this. Uh, you couldn't read the blitzes clearly. So n- learn your audibles from your old lineman, from your quarterback. Those are the type of things that me and um, EB and Sly would go over that last uh, meeting of the regular season. And then every now and then, every two weeks, I would get a phone call. Sly, would, hey, gee, how you doing? You know, what you, how, how you how those right routes run? I was a good you know? coach, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, great guy. Great coach. Great, great guy. He was a good coach. Kept it real. Um, didn't. Didn't go easy on me, no matter what I did, you know, because I was a Pro Bowl running back that he had in the house. He treated me just like the young guys. He was like, "JG, what are you doing here? You know, you got a problem. 
And you got to okay. fix that. I'll be like, hey, coach, no problem. I'm going to fix it because I don't want you addressing me in meetings like that. I want to make sure we're, everything is, is straight. So, and I'm doing my job. It's just that, but that's, that's just how, you know, we, we are built. We're built that way to, to look inward first before you blame anything on the outside. So for us here at uh, On My Block Podcast, hey, hope, hope you have a great uh, week to the off season and uh, catch you next week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.